Well, as we told you earlier, the uh, governor has officially been sworn in, although they'll have a ceremonial swearing in at noon today. And uh, it's time for the new session. And we have on our WHBC Newsline right now, State Senator Kirk Schering. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Pam. All right. So this is so funny about I, I just mentioned everybody what you and Scott Olsig are having in common. You've well, got something very yeah. interesting. I think it is, too. Uh, and we're very fortunate. If I can, I'm just going to give you what led up to all this, yeah. because it was interesting. Uh, we last week kicked off the 135th session of the Ohio General Assembly, and we did that by the ceremonial swearing in of all members, uh, both in the House and Senate, and also the election of leaders in both the House and the Senate. And Pam, that's where it got interesting, because uh, everything went smoothly in the Senate uh, with all leaders being passed or, excuse me, elected unanimously. However, in the House, there were some uh, some surprises. And by way of background, uh, back in uh, early November, right after the election, the House Republican Caucus, uh, in a very hotly contested race, chose Representative Derek Marin to be their speaker. Uh, and uh, Derek Marin won just by a handful of votes over Representative Jason Stevens. So now we go into uh, the session next last week, and uh, all of a sudden there was a surprise. Uh, State Representative Jason Stevens won the speakership over Representative Derek Marin by a 54 to 53 vote. Pam, it was a replay of what happened in 2019 where Larry Householder won the speaker's race by a 52 to 45 vote over Speaker Ryan Smith. In both cases, with Larry Householder and Jason Stevens, they were able to do that by going to Democrats in the House to commandeer votes. In Householder's case, he was able to receive 26 Democrat votes to take him over the top. And uh, in Speaker uh, Stevens' case, he actually received all 32 Democrat votes to make him a winner. And the good news from all of this, getting back to your original point, is that they also uh, last week, not only elected Speaker Stevens, but they also elected Speaker Pro Tempore Scott Olsleger. So now uh, in uh, the Ohio House, we have Scott Olsleger second in command, and I was uh, elected last week as well as the president pro tempore of the Senate. So uh, we have the two second uh, uh, in charge leaders, both in the House and the Senate, right from Stark County. And what that means is that as we work through the budget and as we uh, look to pass legislation, we'll make sure that uh, it all has a positive impact for the people here back home. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I would venture to say that's probably uh, maybe never happened before or, <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm an old guy. I can't remember it happening. But that, you know, I can't you know, either. I don't go back to the very beginning of the state in 1803. But <laughs> but it is, I think, unusual and uh, and very fortunate. You know, Scott's a, a stand-up guy, uh, has a, a, a wealth of experience, and uh, knows how to get things done. Uh, and I'm looking forward to working with him. Yeah, that should be great. So speaking of working with him, tell me what's, you know, what, is up for the coming weeks as as you get started yeah. all over again? Well, now that the leaders have been elected, we can begin the process of organizing the session so that we can legislate. And, Pam, that takes some time. Uh, first of all, uh, this week, 
even though uh, our uh, president of the Senate has announced the committee assignments, uh, they have to be journalized. I assume that will be done this week, if not the week after. Uh, bills have to be introduced. You can't legislate unless you have bills. So this week, uh, uh, there will be some bills introduced. I have eight bills filed with the uh, clerk's office, so I'm anxious to get those bills up and running. Uh, so once the the, uh, the uh, uh, bills are introduced, then uh, we can refer them to committees and they can start turning out the some legislation because uh, we are scheduled to have our first session day uh, on the 8th of, of February. Uh, and the reason for that is, again, it takes time to get everything up and running. Plus, we have a retreat on the, uh, this is the Senate now, on the uh, 24th, 25th, and 26th of this month. So it, it takes a while to, you know, start things back up. But once we do, We'll be going full steam ahead. And the one thing that uh, you and I will talk about, another continuing saga, <laughs> will be the budget. Uh, that budget will be introduced sometime in February, and uh, it won't be finalized until the end of June. And there will be a lot of twists and turns and a lot of things, uh, uh, a lot of things that will make people happy, other things that will make people concerned. And We'll we'll have a lot of fun talking about it, Pam. I'm excited about it. <laughs> what about <laughs> what about in your mind? Um, is there anything that sticks out? You know that you're really got on your uh, hot on your agenda to to get to uh, this session. Yeah. Well, as I said, I've got eight bills that I've already filed, um, mm. um, and I'm not going to go over every one of them. But one is uh, a bill that will incentivize new home construction and home improvement. Uh, Pam, it's designed to fill the uh, housing needs we so desperately uh, have to uh, fill for affordable housing and workforce housing. Uh, we, we really need to address that in this state. Uh, also, a bill that uh, will provide more tools for uh, community revitalization. I've uh, done things over the years with joint economic development districts and historic preservation tax credit, uh, the transformational mixed-use development uh, credit. Uh, this will be yet another tool in the toolbox for our communities. Here's one that you're going to get a kick out of, and you and I have talked about this before, but I've got the support of President Huffman on this one. Uh, we are going to try to do a motion picture tax credit that will replicate what they do in Georgia. In Georgia, it's a $4 billion a year industry, and we think we can do the same. Uh, uh, we've got some things we have to do to make sure that we've got a clear-cut case for it and how we are uh, confident that it will generate uh, the economic benefit that uh, they have received in Georgia. But that's something we're going to look at. And lastly, uh, filling the in-demand jobs with work workforce development. So those are some of the things that uh, will be in that eight-bill package that I'm introducing uh, that hopefully will uh, get done this week. Well, I know we have, we'll always have something to talk about. And of course, uh, as usual, appreciate you coming on with me each week. And, and we'll, we'll start this thing all over again and start chatting yeah. again next week. It will be fun. And I'll look forward to it.